1: League men's match day 16, 16 of 26 sets off on Friday with the Brisbane Roar taking on the Central Coast Mariners. That ends uh, with our fifth place Wellington Phoenix away to MacArthur on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. The mid season transfer window closed yesterday with the Phoenix signing experienced defender Nico Boxall, who, after 11 years playing in Europe and the United States, signed with Auckland FC last month, actually played at the World Club Cup, arrived home Saturday. Got the call from Wellington Sunday, showed up Monday, trained yesterday, and with Scott Wooten out injured and Tim Payne suspended, could be making his debut as early as this Sunday. Uh, joining us uh, now to talk more about that and the season moving forward is everyone's favourite football analyst, and I didn't write this actually, uh, and a man who could carry my golf clubs any day, Jacob Spoonley. Good morning to you, Jacob.
0: <laughs> Good morning, Smitty. Thank you. It a privilege, mate. I think uh, Kate could... <laughs> Would brilliant this morning, mate.
1: It, would, it does look actually magnificent this morning, looking out the, the hills in that direction. Yeah, but jealous of those people playing it today. But uh, we're going to talk a bit, uh, bit of footy, mate. Um, and that was uh, an interesting signing. Uh, Nico Boxer, what did you make of it?
0: Yeah, it was an interesting signing. I think it is a position that the Wellington Phoenix have needed to shore up um, over the course of the season. What we've seen from the Phoenix is a pretty... Um, sorry, as a, <clears throat> as a result that we, we haven't expected from this, from this season. So if you look at the season so far, they've accumulated 21 points. However, they've actually dropped 17 points from winning positions now, and that's nowhere near good enough. In that process, they've conceded 25 goals, which is actually, uh, sorry, 24 goals, which is only one less than they've scored. So this does not resemble an Ufuk Tully side. As you've just said, they've caught Scott Wooden Tim Payne has been playing alongside Scott Wooden for a number of games this season, and to my mind is a large part of why the Phoenix are doing well or improved defensively. However, he's not supposed to be playing there. He started the season at right back, and what they were primarily looking at is a combination of Josh Laws and Scott Wooden to get them through the majority of this campaign and being supplemented by Tim Sermon, the young, promising uh, 18-year-old they haven't got what they needed from their team collectively and they've needed to bring in a new part. And that part is the very experienced Nico Boxall, who a lot of Auckland fans know from his time in youth football at Auckland City. He then went away to college at Northwestern and has travelled around largely the Scandinavian leagues, which are a pretty hardy battleground, Smitty. They do galvanise players, they're all test players. And I think what we'll see out of Nico Boxall is a fairly grizzled professional which I think the Phoenix do need. They need to have that ability to stop. Uh, He's not going to give you um, everything that Tim Payne gives you on the ball going forward. However, what he will give you is a great one-on-one defending and he will also be a leader in that back line. Uh, He quietly goes about his business, but he's pretty uncompromising in the way he does it.
1: According to science, they say at the the age of 30 years, uh, you are past your physical football peak. Um, will he still have enough in the tank to compete and be effective, in your opinion?
0: Um, I don't know uh, if everyone knows the boxels, both Michael and Nico. Obviously, Michael, his older brother, is the captain of Minnesota United in the MLS. Uh, they are on something akin to the Tom Brady diet city. <laughs> they are in immaculate physical condition. I wouldn't be surprised if they were the body doubles for the Magasivas or if they got involved in, um, in body doubles for the Warriors. They they are truly specimens, and it's something that is impressive every time you walk around them. Um, but they... Will be, uh, Nico rather, will be fine to go, and um, he is somebody that has looked after himself incredibly well. So I think, as we are seeing overall, we will start seeing our local footballers, potentially our other local um, sports professionals, playing well into their 30s, which is not something that we're used to back in the days of a lock-in and a pie after a game.
1: Were they active enough in the window, in the transfer window? Could they have been a little bit more proactive, do you think, the Phoenix, or not?
0: Uh, to be honest, I actually really like what they've got at the moment. They've got a lot of balance outside of um, the defensive issue that has been well-identified and also admitted to by the likes of Ufugtale. So if you look up the field, you've got Zavada, who's anchoring the front line. David Ball uh, has been going about his business um, quietly, as we've come to expect from him. They've added Costa Barbarousas, who's provided sparks and fireworks every so often. And then Crave um, down the left... Uh, he has been impressive initially, um, perhaps waned a little bit in recent weeks. The one we really haven't seen anything from so far is Jan Sass. Um, and then, if you will, a bit further back, they've got options. They've got four players for two spots at the moment in that defensive midfield. Obviously, Clayton Lewis uh, is out for a stretch now, um, and that means that they'll have to rely on Ugarkovic, Rufa and Pennington. But for me, they provide ample options for Ufuk Tali up against any opponent The issue was defence, so I'm glad that they have not only trusted who they've got there and the likes of Finn Sermon, who will take time and opportunity to get to where he needs to be, but they have provided reinforcement. So there's competition now at the back, and I think that means that we will see competition up and down this team, which is going to be important as they look to make a run not only for the top six, but I think, as I've said all season, this is a top four team, and they need to start hitting their straps and putting together those runner games that we... Saw them over the last couple, uh, over the last two months. Put in,
1: except for last weekend, uh, and they go down to the bottom place side. Melbourne victory three one. Just how much do you think that uh, stung them? You you think that's a timely reminder, or it's a a really bad loss? I
0: think it's a frustrating loss, particularly when you consider that they were one 0 up, and they did look to have the better of Tony Popovich's team for the best part of half an hour um zavada scored again they were playing crisp football something seems to be hanging over this team though is the frailty the vulnerability they have when they do go go a goal up and it seems to be this insecurity about losing a lead and what would need to see them uh, produce and evolve on their current performances has been a lot more ruthless so once they do hit that one goal make it two make it three Put a buffer between them and their opponents what we saw from them after they took the lead in melbourne is a tentative play and for me that's nothing to do with the players themselves that's a mentality thing so how do you turn that around i don't have the answers but ufuk tale i'm sure is keenly aware of the issue that he's currently got in front of him so the answer to answer your question squarely it's a frustrating loss i've had a chat to a couple of the players they are incredibly frustrated and it speaks to a bit of a wider trend where the phoenix are having to compete with teams so they've only lost to one of the top eight, but they're not necessarily able to stamp their authority on games as would expect their results indicate. So they've lost to three of the bottom four. Smithy, that is a really frustrating trend for Ufric Taylor.
1: Okay, next week um, they've got a chance to make up, but uh, they are away from home against Macarthur, who sit well below them on the table.
0: Yes, and they are. They've only recently recruited a new coach. So um, Dwight York has gone, obviously, and Mille Stužovsky has taken the reins. Seen a bit of turbulence since he picked up the mantle. Um, So they got put to the sword by Melbourne City on the weekend, lost 6-1. This game will mark the halfway point for a really difficult February as the Phoenix spend the entire month away. This is a game, though, that I think we should see them bounce back. We should see them take the game to MacArthur Rams uh, MacArthur Bulls rather Um, and I would expect to see a bounce back, one motivated by that underwhelming performance um, for the last 60 minutes against Melbourne Victory, so this will give us an indication as to the mentality of the side this week
1: Have you got your head around Gilbert Anoka being uh, seconded by Chelsea?
0: (laughs) It's an interesting one, Smithy. Um, so the background to this is that uh, we're starting to see a lot of professional sides look at the work that's being done by our national teams, um, both rugby and cricket, um, but also football. Recently, um, I know that Danny Hay was um, very impressed. Oh, sorry, was uh, was the work that he's done is, was impressive to Brendan McCullum. So um, Owen Eastwood is a name that a number of your listeners may be aware of. If they haven't, go out and get his book, Belonging, um, and. He is somebody that's done a huge amount of work with the likes of the English Cricket Board, with the likes of English Rugby. He's also done some work with professional teams. Um, and I think he was quartered by Chelsea in the past. But he is a, um, a mental specialist. He's a, a collective culture specialist. And it's the work, it's the gaps between um, all the tangibles uh, that he really fills. And I think he's done a lot of the groundwork for Gilbert Anoka to have this opportunity. Uh, but it does speak to the way in which we are at the cutting edge of certain things in this part of the world when it comes to performance and, and having that mental edge because the All Blacks have been crafting it for a number of years and I think people have also still been taking notice of what's going on at New Zealand Cricket at the moment, particularly what's happening with the Black Caps and what they're doing competing across all of their various disciplines.
1: Right, let's, uh, I find an interesting one because... Uh, You're going into an environment here This will challenge Gilbert Oka. I know he's got a terrific track record But we're talking, I mean you know a football dressing room Better than anyone uh, that we talk to Basically Um, An all black dressing room whilst there I would imagine are egos And there are a lot of different personalities And cultures except to work with uh, I would imagine is entirely different To a multilingual Multinational dressing room with players earning squillions more than Gilbert Oka is himself um, and all of a sudden this guy comes from the other side of the world and says, right, this is where we've got to start thinking about the game. Uh, interesting.
0: It is, Smithy, and I think you've hit the nail on the head in both the challenge that Gilbert will come up against and also the problem that Chelsea are having at the moment. The dressing room itself is incredibly transient. Where you'd have an All Blacks sting that would have a core and build around that core for maybe three or four years, um, which is a World Cup cycle, a Chelsea dressing room is incredibly ruthless. If you're not doing the job, then you do get cut. So what Gilbert's challenge will be is to take the skills that he's developed in New Zealand rugby and then adapt them for the environment that he's going into, which which is what you say, one which is incredibly competitive, very cosmopolitan, um, and then also has this element of Temporary nature to it. Uh, so It'll be uh, the next evolution. I think of, of what we can expect um, from our our, uh, our mental skills experts and our cultural experts um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes and I Imagine that he was one of maybe a handful And I'd love to understand what separated him from the rest and how he was able to sell them on himself
1: Right. Um, when he's finished with them, uh, Jürgen Klopp might want him if he succeeds at Chelsea because um, <laughs> you got a, you got a bit of a pounding at the hands of Wolves, mate. What happened
0: there? Uh, now the, the wheels have fallen off, Smithy, and we are well and truly in free football. This happens every so often under a Jürgen Klopp team. It happened at Mines where um, they went through a, a, bit, a bit of an average spell He then went to Dortmund, had a wonderful six or seven years, and in that final season, uh, he found himself battling relegation, which could provide an indication as to how Liverpool are going to fare in the back half of the season. They haven't got the recruitment right. Um, Gatpo has not hit the ground running. There seems to be some uncertainty about how to approach putting the team together on any given Saturday um, Pep Linders is uh, an alchemist. He likes playing with things. I think we've seen too much in the way of tampering in the systems that Liverpool have put out so far this season, particularly when things have become difficult. They're starting to play Darwin Nunez on the wing, which doesn't make sense. Season number nine. How they fit Gakpo in, I'm not sure. I and mean, they've got Mo Salah to think about as well as part of that potential front three. It seems to be a very confused environment at the moment. And the interesting thing for me, Smithy, is that you're hearing that Ange Postacoglu is the stalking horse for all Premier League clubs at the moment. It appears that he's just a Premier League manager in waking. Lead to having conversations about the new manager having fired Chicky much. I would suggest that if Liverpool continue like this, there'll be a really difficult conversation that'll be had towards the end of the season, and Ange Postacoglu could be looked at as a potential replacement for Jurgen Klopp. Now, Jamie Carragher has come out and said that he thinks Eugen Klopp should be the last person at the club to be changed. That may be so, but the problems that they're facing at the moment um, are ones which do emanate out from that managerial office. And I don't think they're getting things right at the moment. Something needs to change. Obviously, a managerial change will come a lot later, but hopefully we'll see a completely different Liverpool out on the field this week from the one that got past at Millennial.
1: Okay, well, uh, Nottingham Forest, of course, now have the services of Chris Wood, who uh, made his home debut uh, at the city ground, played 72 minutes, uh, wasn't on the score sheet, but they did get a win. What do you make of that?
0: I think Woodsy um, has had an immediate impact on the side. And, of course, everyone's going to look towards the headline. So does he provide an assist? Does he provide a goal? And we haven't necessarily seen that tangible, immediate impact from him. What we will see from Woodsy is the work rate, the ability to bring teammates together, the knowledge, the the certainty, and then the comfort at Premier League level, which is what Nottingham Forest need at the moment. They have <laughs> I don't know how they've done it, but they have recruited and brought in even more players than Chelsea have over the course of the season. So they have a a change room which. Is still getting to know each other. What they do need is a safe set of hands that knows the Premier League, that can provide them with a the north star and direction. And that is what Chris Wood brings in spades. And if you look at how he started at Nottingham all the way back, when I say all the way back, it was just earlier this month, at Bournemouth, the work rate that he displayed, his movement was sharp, and then importantly, he led the line pressing. And although those aren't the reasons why you win, they are the foundation for getting you to a position where you can take a point or even three so that's what steve copper is looking uh to would for and i think he's getting that return immediately so Woodsy, um hopefully we'll see him back in march um, but up until that point um he will be a key ingredient for steve Cooper.
1: okay interesting Uh, good positive thoughts there um jake jacob spoonley always great to catch up with you mate Uh, thank you very much for your input and as we speak, Sheffield United nil, Wrexham nil after 36 minutes in the FA Cup replay. That would be a fairy story, wouldn't it? Wrexham getting up away from home.
0: Absolutely. And I love the passion that Ryan Reynolds is bringing to the fore at the moment, mate. Everyone's giving him staff in the UK. They don't like an American or a Canadian coming across and doing well in their leagues. All power to them. And I hope they knock over Sheffield United in nil one today.
1: Good on you, mate. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Jacob, as always. Cheers, mate. here on SENZ.